0: Welcome, one and all, to this show where we will end the week of news with me, John Arilla, and Brett Erlich is here. Hey, Brett, how's it going? What up? Hey, here. Thank you for I, joining us.
1: Can you can you hear? I'm not as drunk or high these
0: days. So I woke up early enough to put on a button down. I do like your button down. That is what I still envision as classic Brett. Like if Brett was in the matrix, his residual self image would be a J crew casual button up. Years, years ago,
1: <laughs> I thought I was just killing it with this girl, with this gal. Just to put mm-hmm. it in, a years ago, and and one time I showed ago. up at her house, and the way she said, "Oh plaid," oh my God. I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. she thinks this is adorably dorky about me, and yeah. I think
0: I look fly." You thought you were cool, when really you should have realized that adorably dorky is best case scenario. Yep, but anyway, no, I like it. I I also would have been blindsided by that. But anyway, for those of you in the podcast, you can't tell what Brett looks like. Maybe we can get him to upload an image to Instagram. For the rest of you, delight with what your eyes have brought you. And your ears are soon going to bring you the news because we've got a lot to talk about. Not only breaking news when it comes to Roger Stone. We've got Donald Trump responding to some of the insane legal arguments having to do with presidential immunity that his legal team rolled out this week. Uh, new year, new culture war, gripping the nation. So we're gonna give you a little preview of what's going on in a bunch of different states and Marjorie Green, congresswoman somehow. But what comes next? She's got a few ideas. So we'll be breaking all that down. And if you stick around for the aftermath or if you're on the podcast, go to the YouTube channel and you can watch all the extra content we release uh, every day that does not appear in the podcast. Uh, we're going to be breaking down our garbage people of the week and talking a little bit about bros, what's acceptable, what they don't find to be acceptable and how they interact with each other. And Brett and I are going to try to uh, heal toxic masculinity today on the show. With all that said, Brett, are you ready to do this thing? Whether I am or not, you've been more than fair. He did the thing, let's do it. Get this over with, it's time to do it.
1: Then we'll see how grave the rest of them are. Either, either Strawwall or Nadler has to die before the election. They need to get the message. And just not putting up with this
0: This morning Mediate released the audio you just heard of Roger Stone in the weeks leading up to the 2020 election, speaking with then police officer Sal Greco and plotting the assassination of prominent Democrats. So Eric Swalwell, others that he has had a long time beef with a vendetta with he was talking about assassinating them. Now, before the video had been released, we had been told by Mediate in their reporting earlier this week that he had said those things. And Stone wrote on Twitter, I never spoke about assassinating anyone. Fake Mediate can't produce the recording they claim to have. In another post, he wrote that Mediate has produced no audio of me threatening two Dem congressmen. Where is it? Post it. So they did as you just heard. And in response to that, he says, total nonsense. I've never said anything of the kind more AI manipulation. Well, I'm convinced, <laughs> I think I think he's good because honestly Brett, it didn't really seem to fit that Roger Stone would be making buffoonish Dick Tracy esque threats against those he disagrees with. So I am reassured in learning that it's just a deep fake or something. Damn kids with their iPhones. What do you think? It is the perfect
1: response in Roger Stone's mind based on what he thinks of his audience. His audience thinks that you can just say AI and they are so convinced the deep state is this nefarious underworld that they'll be like, AI. I don't really know how that would work or what that would be. But he did say a buzzword, I'm familiar with blaming for what's wrong with the world. So it must be AI and I'll let him off the hook. Meanwhile, the inherent hypocrisy and irony in like those people are generally the ones who think that there is this deep state cabal secretly plotting the assassinations of their political rivals. And here we have the, the auditory proof of him doing the exact same thing, and they are so blinded mm-hmm. by their tribalism and you know, in such like a coke smoke, uh, you know, rage and fury and fever dream that they're gonna be like, yeah, Roger Stone, mm-hmm. you know,
0: let's just let it slide. yeah, look, it's it's a combination of a few things. I think your read on how he views the base uh, is definitely true. I think another aspect of the way that he views the base is, I think he for like the shallowest sort of legal protection purposes needs to lie and say that that is not an authentic recording. Um, I don't know if he's gonna face any legal challenges, Um, it's 2024 in America. So I think you can just plot to assassinate people, I think that that's actually cool now. But he also doesn't want to like come out and say that wasn't me, it's AI manipulation. I would never say anything like that because I think violence against our political opponents is the worst thing. He's never going to say anything like that because he knows that the base that he cares the most about likes the idea that he said that about Swalwell and others. He wants to kill people he disagrees with for a variety of different reasons. And the people that like him want him to kill people that he disagrees with, like he might face legal troubles for this. And to you and I, it seems insane that you would be plotting to kill congressmen. But there are millions of Americans that are desperately hoping that someday we will cross that line and the guns will will come out and we'll start shooting all the people that that believe in something different than us in politics. So there's a little bit of that in it as well. Just for the record though, not only do they have, they have the recording, Also, it's consistent with things that he said on videotape before when he had an embedded documentary crew. Oh, also, Mediate has other sources that have heard him talking in this particular way that have confirmed it, saying that he was not joking around, that he talked about it often. Oh, also, Sal Greco, the guy that he was talking to, did not deny that conversation when Mediate reported to him. Like, yes, AI could. Duplicate someone's voice, you could make Bernie saying those things. But what you could not do is have it be consistent with his entire political vibe. And also have multiple sources who are willing to go on the record to either confirm that it happened. Or at the very least not deny that the conversation had taken place. So it's not, again, he's barely even denying it. My question is, will anything come from this, Brett? I would would assume not, but what do you think? No, because their legal defense,
1: okay, one time I was in on vacation and I was in Barcelona and me and this girl, it was a friend of mine. We're walking down the street, it's like sunrise. And in the distance, we see this guy running as fast as he can at our face. And I'm like, oh my God, do I have to be a hero? I don't know how. She's he's sprinting at us. And I'm like, I'm going to die here in Barcelona at sunrise. And the guy gets about two feet in front of me and he just like lunges at me and kind of does a head fake and runs past me. And his buddies in the distance yell, don't worry about him. He's crazy. And that's what reassuring. it's like dealing with Roger Stone. Uh-huh. It's like he's doing these things that are that are menacing, horrible, plotting to kill political figures, and people on his side are like, "Don't worry about him; he's just crazy." Yeah, that's his. That's going to be his legal defense. It's the same as as Tucker Carlson. It's like it's not actually news. We're doing all these things and saying all these things that are, you know, if you think about them, horrible, immoral, and in many cases illegal, but. He's got a tattoo of Nixon on his back and he wears those silly sunglasses. So, so don't take him that seriously. You can't, after all, he isn't able to kill Eric Swalwell. But it's like, what am I supposed to do? And meanwhile, they want to take look at a bunch of people who aren't nearly as menacing as they're, you know, yeah. whether it's an immigrant or someone on the other side, like who has a laptop and did some drugs and showed his wiener on some photos. And they want those people locked up, but not the people on their side who are
0: saying, let's kill Eric Swalwell. Hundred percent. Yeah. By the way, I love that what happened to you is like straight out of Get Out, like scary, oh. like running at the guy and then swerving. Um, yeah, that is that is kind of the the defense. I I guess that's the defense. I just um, you know I, I hate that we live in a country where we have people like Roger Stone who are like fundamentally to their core pathetic, scared little lackeys. They're like, they're the secondary bully in a Christmas story. Like they're not going to do anything, but they attach themselves like parasites to men that they think are strong and just say, just please protect me and give me some power and kill anyone that I'm afraid of. And, And we have people like that and maybe he'll never do anything. Maybe Roger Stone will never pull the trigger or far more likely will never convince or con someone that he sees as a stronger man to do it for him. But maybe he will. Like if, if the machine guns had come out on January 6th you know they brought a couple of air 15s and they started gunning down congress people does anyone think that Roger Stone would be like no we've gone too far Everyone back up. This is not what this movement is about. No, he would be perfectly fine with that. Because again, he he doesn't have any confidence whatsoever in what he stands in. His ability of either himself or his movement to convince people of his position. the, The inherent popularity of anything that he stands for, what he needs and what all fascists like him need is for the people who outnumber him. The majority who do not believe in his ideology to be killed or at least cowed or at least blocked from voting. And there will always be people like Roger Stone who are desperate to see that happen. Um, and it takes a Donald Trump to make him a relevant figure. Absent Donald Trump, there'd be no reason that we'd have to think about Roger Stone. But with Donald Trump getting back into the White House potentially this year, Roger Stone could be the deputy chief of staff or something for all we know. He could be he comms head, he could be press secretary. But quick final point goes yeah. to you, Brett, and then we'll move on. It's the
1: thankless role of the decent. Right. There is this thing we all had to do that people like Mike Pence even had to do on January 6th, which was like, no, let's keep America and tell these indecent psychopaths that they can't just undo it. And then there's in the history books, what are they going to write an article that says, like, oh, it didn't happen? Sort of they are going to do that, but there's all those other like paragraphs in the history books that were like, well, they should have seen it coming on January 6th. But the the judo skills of right wing propagandists were such that they actually kind of got away with it until the next time when they were allowed to. And meanwhile, the, that whole group's theme is our giant overreach of government. And they're playing that card mm-hmm. as hard as they can when, you know, really people are just trying to be responsible.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna end very briefly by saying the only time that I and I I'm not sure if you were there at this particular the only time I've ever seen Roger Stone in person. You were there. You knew that this is what I was gonna say? Yeah. You knew that this okay. Uh so we're at the RNC. Alex Jones storms onto our set or whatever. Uh there is a small group of acolytes of InfoWars or whatever, like enough that it's like kind of like a tight little crowd. And uh, so Cenk and Alex Jones are like kaiju battling or whatever face to face. And Roger Stone like hops out of the crowd to be like meh meh meh. And then he fades like Homer back into a bush, like he's not on the stage. He's not gonna back up Alex Jones, he's like meh anything and then he just hides. That is 100% who he is. He's the guy that that yells to the bully, "Yeah, Johnny, get him!" And then he's gone because he doesn't want to get socked in the face. And just before Jimmy Dore spits
1: iced tea on someone, what a weird sentence!
0: Jen <laughs> uh, goes, "You're a hatchet man, Roger Stone." <laughs> what a weird event! Remember when we used to like go places? <laughs> <laughs> like, anyway, weird things again, happened Johnson. before the pandemic. <laughs> anyway, with that said, there's other crazy stuff going on, so we need to jump into um into this. Let's get ready for the B block whatever we can. You agree with your lawyers what they said on Tuesday. Should not be prosecuted or could not be prosecuted if you ordered seal 6 to kill a political officer.
1: Well, you're talking about a totally different case, the immunity. I say this, on immunity, very simple. If a President of the United States does not have immunity, he'll be totally ineffective because he won't be able to do anything because it will mean he'll be prosecuted, strongly prosecuted perhaps, as soon as he leaves office by, his, by the opposing party. If you don't have immunity, you can, you know, I mean, you won't be making any decisions, so you have to have it. And I liken it to the fa- the fact that uh, police have to have their control back; they have to have respect. And you can always have a bad apple. You can always have something happen, but at the same time, you have to you have to stop crime.
0: When you're asked if your legal team implying that you are allowed to kill your political opponents. Your ass. Do you agree with that? There is only one correct answer. No, and that is not the answer that he gave. The answer he gave is, um, well, you know, uh, gotta be able to do stuff. So immunity is really important because you know we would just be shut down if we couldn't get away with whatever we wanted. And then he somehow made it worse by going to the bad apple thing, which again, the the idea of a bad apple spoiling the bunch. It is one of the weirdest idioms in that everybody gets it exactly wrong with exactly what that is supposed to mean. But the idea if we let's just assume that it fits and let's apply it to Donald Trump's logic here. You need to have immunity for all presidents and sure, maybe you have the occasional bad apple who in this case has SEAL team six, hunt down and kill his political rivals. But hey, what are you gonna do? That is not to me reassuring, Brett. What do you make of it? Yeah. So the nature of these proceedings is
1: the, is questions like this. You know, you're you don't think about it, but like they're supposed, the judge and the lawyers are supposed to ask. The judge is supposed to ask questions to get to the heart of the legal challenge, and you're supposed to have an answer. And so, like, when it comes to stuff like this. What we need to well, unfortunately, what we need to be able to rely on is presidents not turning into dictators. Is presidents loving the country enough not to use SEal Team Six to kill their political opponents? And he's kind of showing what he would want to do. The thing about Donald Trump is rather than say like America's cool, and the institutions exist for a reason, and I respect the history. He is with every single institution, as folks have lost faith in them, Just look at them and be like, do we really need it? Mm -hmm. Do we really need the president to act that way? And for many it's refreshing, but this is the other side of that coin where his you realize that like in every single moment, maybe he's serious, maybe he's not. But he really is saying like, I should be able to eliminate my political opponents. He really did say on the phone, I want you to do me a favor. Personally, politically, Zelensky before I give your country the military aid that may benefit it on a national or an international scale because he doesn't respect the international world order or whatever you want to call it. He only respects what does what means what he gets to do what he wants to do. And in that scenario, he's he's genuinely arguing. I mean, a lot of people are mischaracterizing the specific nature of the interaction, but Donald Trump kind of reveals what his upshot of it is, which is, yeah, I should be able to do whatever I want because I'm the president. Like, it's good to be the king.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and look, whenever he is questioned about something like this, we need to remember that, of course, this is not the first time that we've heard him opine on this subject. He has for when when was 25, 45 years now, he has been asked, is political violence acceptable? Should your base kill people? And he will always weasel out because again, he doesn't care. And I I hate talking about this sort of thing because we are so used to, we grew up in you know the, the media's partisan extremist and they never give the benefit of the doubt to the other side and everybody always assumes the worst thing and that is 100% true. But sometimes, The worst thing is true. Trump does not give a damn if his base kills people. He really does not. And we have to say that because if we don't then we might end up with him in power again. If we don't acknowledge it, if we shy away from that, but in saying it, we seem crazy. We seem as crazy as the people on Fox News saying that Democrats are pushing for abortions after birth and things like that. The issue is that. Some claims are true, some are not. Some people care if their claims are true and others do not. There's a lot of politics these days that I'm not a big fan of. Let's go briefly to this video of legal analyst Jonathan Turley responding to Trump's legal argument, I suppose, on a presidential immunity and see what he has to say. Is that the case, Jonathan, can a a president under certain circumstances order the assassination of a political rival and receive immunity for it?
1: I don't believe it is. I did not come away thinking the panel was likely to rule with the former president. At some points, they seem to be debating more as to whether I'm going to use a sledgehammer or a, or a stiletto. I mean, it, 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 they were arguing what is the best grounds for getting rid of this appeal. But you know, we really don't know, and time will tell. But what is clear
0: is that it won't take much time. Yeah, I am really hoping that we don't have long to wait for this and other related sort of like core legal questions that tie not just into individual cases, but across many of them. We need answers to these things. And there's a lot of people that I think the blame could be laid on for making this take as long as it has. But in total, how is it that we are racing towards, we are three days away from the first caucuses. And we still don't know these core things that are going to determine whether Donald Trump can be on the ballot, whether Donald Trump is going to be walking free on election day, it is frustrating. The legal argument that Trump is making in this particular case, I think is absolute nonsense. The way that they're arguing it makes it seem even crazier. And I don't think anyone should want to live in a country with a president who is as free from legal challenges as they imply that they want at least Trump to be. But we need answers, Brett. What do you, what do you what do you make of all this? I mean, the, you kind of hit it on the head at the end. It's like they
1: they don't want to. There's no. There's and to put it in John's PhD analysis terms. There's no value that they're backing here. Like there's if they had if if they're requests if their actions were based in the value that they think a president should be immune from all prosecutions. Well, then they they wouldn't say lock Biden up, they would let Clinton off the hook for everything that he did and so forth. But they don't want that, they just want their side to win and they want their side to have immunity in all scenarios. But they want the other side to be locked up, chained up, and essentially not be allowed to do the stuff that they themselves want
0: to do. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll try to simplify it in the future as an argument. I get it's it's the political ideology of I win, you lose. That's that's all it is. And yeah. and obviously I need people to vote for me. So I will convince all of you that somehow you will win, even though you will lose. Um, but the people that you hate will lose more visibly. So I guess that's good. Yeah. Right, go for that.
1: Amer- so to put it in like how Fox News would distill it. You know, America is a country where no one is above the law. We have the rule of law and there is a democracy. Donald Trump hates that. So he hates America and he wants to replace it, do a great replacement where he replaces America with a dictatorship where he's the king. And you know what we fought against to create America in
0: 1776? Stuff like that. 100%, and we will end on that note. Stick around, more to come. Everyone, buckle up. It's about to get dark. Let's jump into this. In Luke 17, Jesus says that if you cause one of these little ones of mine to stumble, it would be better for you to have a millstone hung around your neck and be thrown into the deepest sea. So, There are also concerns that Jesus has for children. And in Genesis he tells us that he created them male and female. It might have been a little bit hard to tell since it was cloaked in old timey biblical talk, but that was Ohio representative Beth Lear saying that if you in your LGBTQ agenda ways threaten the children, you should be drowned. She is a state representative making a violent threat. That probably will not result in any consequences because she was quoting the Bible. I mean, the idea is that if we were to take it seriously and to act on it, you'd be killed. Many of you, any of you who support the LGBTQ community could well be drowned, Um, but she will probably get away with it because she used biblical talk. Now, if I were to like, Quote a Harry Potter book or something as an excuse for why someone who disagrees with me should be murdered. I think we would all say that that's unacceptable, but for some reason, when it's the Bible, it doesn't seem as bad. Anyway, we wanted to get into this topic because the culture war that has driven so much of American politics and American political discourse over the past few years is not going anywhere. Despite the fact that there is a lot of indications from recent elections that focusing on those topics is not the major electoral winner that Republicans thought that it would be, at the very least in general elections. It still seems very useful to them in their primary elections, but we see that mismatch. and. Anyway, um, we uh, we have nationwide battles going on over topics like gender affirming care. That's actually what the conversation uh, was going on when uh, Beth Lear made her point. There was a veto from Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, which is actually pretty surprising on uh, gender affirming care. And so we're going to get into other examples of this going on around the country. Uh, But Brett, what do you make of that? So lady, I hate to throw the book at you, so to speak, but
1: God was the first gender reassignment surgeon, and Eve was the first gender reassignment surgery because God created Adam, took his ribs, so basically took parts of Adam, mixed them up, got rid of the PP, and made Eve. So, that I hate to break it to you is a pretty gender bendy situation, and also protect you know, we want to protect kids like. You want to get rid of books that have weird kid porn in them like didn't lots of kids try to bang him or something like that I don't know like these people that think that they can go into the Bible and they're saying that Jesus wrote the Bible it's like I guess if the trinity is all one but separate people when it's convenient then yeah but like you know god was god hadn't made his own baby yet you know, he was still a single guy at that point, and so you know, it's it's so hilarious that in this book you can go and find something that backs up your argument, but it just doesn't hold. Like, you know, Eve is trans.
0: That's your that's your takeaway for today's episode. Hashtag. Eve is trans. Um, oh yeah. Also, I mean, you could throw out, you know, a, a humanity in its purest form uh, went about without clothing. So, what are you talking about with your obscenity laws? We're just didn't. trying to bring back the Garden of Eden. And That's so the Lord God do. sent a deep sleep upon Adam. So he put
1: take a take a nap. He was also an anesthesiologist. And when he was fast asleep, he just took one of his ribs and completed it with flesh, and he made Eve. So I'm just saying. That is, I think that is an early Grey's Anatomy for how to do gender
0: reassignment surgery. Okay, I'm a little bit worried about what's going to come from this, but I think that there is something to what you're saying. I don't know if it's going to convince Beth Lear. But anyway, yeah, just utter madness. The, like, the fact that you really like this book is not a get out of jail free card or should not be for making violent threats. You have to come up with an argument You have to convince people. You cannot simply say, I found that book convincing, so I think it's law now. That's not how this government at the very least is supposed to function. That's it, I want to zoom out. We are already seeing an absolute flood of anti LGBTQ bills being introduced in state legislatures across the country. Last year, there were 510. And let's jump into some of what's on offer in different states. Remember, this is an election year. This is what Republicans across the country think they should be focusing on to convince America to keep them in charge. In Florida, there's a bill to ban public buildings from flying a flag that represents a political viewpoint, including but not limited to a politically partisan racial sexual orientation and gender or political ideology viewpoint. Obviously, that is designed to kill the you know the, the, the pride flag and, and other affiliated flags. I'm sure they'll come up with a way to allow the confederate flag Ban government employees that receive state money from requiring that employees use the correct pronouns for their colleagues and would even ban disciplinary action against people who misgender their colleagues. So interesting thing going on in Florida right now, two dueling bills, neither are laws. But one is saying that if you try to require me to say this thing, I can potentially sue you. And then another is, if you call me a racist, I can sue you for that. They've really weird mixed up views on free speech down there. But anyway, in Tennessee, there's a bill to allow for so-called obscene books to be banned from the public library. If just 2% of the number of people who voted in the last gubernatorial election sign a petition. So that's fun trying to just make it easier for people to strip books out of libraries that they, are not, they, they haven't read, they're not familiar with, but they don't want anyone else to read. Uh, in Missouri, there's a bill that teachers wouldn't be allowed to talk at all about sexual orientation or gender identity to students in kindergarten through third grade. And it would be limited in what they could say to older students. So sort of a don't say gay bill, but for Missouri. Uh, and also to make it so that any bar or restaurant that has drag performances be deemed as a sexually oriented business. Although again, drag as an art form is not a sexual art form. Um, they're gonna pretend that it is because they need something to demonize in this election year. So there's a lot going on definitely look into your own state cuz there's a good chance there's going to be something going on in this area. Brett, what do you make of this particularly as a major focus in this general election year? I just don't think it has legs.
1: The one thing that the Republicans are trying to do now that abortion is kind of something they feel they've won on, like they don't want that evangelical like police state to go back to sleep. Um, so what they're doing is they're trying to redirect that energy toward these bills. And, you know, they, they love that it works when you get people to freak out about what's happening to the kids. And so the thing that they've discovered galvanizes parents is when they're trying to do something to your kids, you know, and so that, that's this argument., um, but the ways that these bills are written are just so trashy and so weird. And I think the counter argument is to focus on what they actually want. That it's just like you're running into people who are like teaching math and going like, don't talk about wieners. (laughs) You're just like, what? What are you talking about? And then they're, you know, yeah, with the drag thing, it's like, well, just if you don't want to go to drag shows, just don't go to drag shows. Mm -hmm. I don't know why you need to just go around painting things as sexually oriented businesses. Like then, and and at the same time, they want to establish this world where like women can't do certain things and only men can. And they're telling you what role you can play when really the counter argument is, why don't we just let people do what they want? That protects you too, guys. Yeah,
0: it it is very, very easy to not accidentally end up at a drag show or to go. <laughs> I've almost never gone. I've gone a few times, but almost not. Most days I don't, and it doesn't take a lot of effort not to go to a thing you can just not is what i would say but again like that you you laid out in the beginning of your argument the entire point this is not about these things being threats they're not actually worried about drag shows they're not actually worried about second grade teachers talking about being pansexual or whatever they're not worried about any of these things some of them are insane religious zealots and they've convinced themselves to be afraid they're not actually afraid they need a thing And the best thing, almost always the best thing, which is why it comes up decade to decade is, they're coming for your kids. They are going to hurt your kids, they're gonna sleep with your kids, they're gonna potentially cannibalize your kids. And so you saw for a couple of years, QAnon bubbling up in right wing culture. And then eventually it kind of died away because all of it had been taken by the right. And they just said, oh. An elite cabal of Democrats is a little bit too abstract and it makes us seem like conspiracists. So um, just all teachers, all teachers want to rape your children. We're just gonna go with that and that's what they've done. Oh, And also drag queen story hour people, which we'd never heard of before that. Not a single one of these people had ever seen one of those performances, heard of one of those performances, but um, that sounds weird. So we're gonna go with that. And that's what it's done. It's just the QAnonization of the right and I don't know how long it's going to last. It's the satanic panic of the 80s, except it doesn't rely on kids still playing D&D. Like if
1: someone is gender bending, whatever you want to call it, like if drag queens are someplace, that's fine. Like I'm fine with a rule that says like, I want to see fabric covering this much distance from your genitals in all directions. And I don't want a sexual event to be like, it upon the children that is like overtly sexual. Fine. But you have to also apply that to like hooters. Mm-hmm. It, like that, that's the kind of stuff where like I, and I, I think the left over corrects a lot. It's like there should be some, kind, I mean, I understand like general decency and like let's not like, you know, have super sexy things happen. But like if they're going to say, let's get back to the good old days of Disney, like, you know, Disney's got these trans characters and now it's a sexual movie. Like, like Bell Bang's a beast, dude. Like, there's a makeout session at the end of every single Disney movie, with the exception of like Bambi.
0: <laughs>
1: like it was always already sexual. Like mm-hmm. the prince and the princess make the babies together. If if you have a standard of like just kind of they can kiss at the end, and then we see like birds fly away. Fine, then. But at least apply that. Don't start with like a trailer that implies maybe LaFoux is now explicitly gay, as opposed to saying, you know, Gaston is the team I prefer to be on. Like he's saying he wants to play with that
0: team. Like I I, we can have I a coded that. version of it, but but there you go. Yeah, yeah, and and look, I would also say like it it sucks that. When we want a bill to be passed or when we want a change to be made, we have to spend years persuading people of it. They don't, they don't have to do that. Like, like in them fighting against gay marriage being legalized, they never had to actually demonstrate why it would be bad for America. They just kept saying that it would be bad for America. And then it was legalized and nothing happened. Nothing bad happened. And that doesn't matter. That doesn't hurt them. And then when they want to outlaw drag performances or whatever, they don't have to actually demonstrate why. The fact that those have been legal always and nothing bad has happened. Why do they now need to be made illegal? They don't have to actually make that case. They just say it should be illegal. And it sucks that that's the asymmetry that we have. um, That they can take these things that are hurting no one and make it a national focus. And then we have to spend years convincing the country why people should have dental care like why people shouldn't be stuck on the streets. Anyway, a little bit frustrated. We are deploying every tool and strategy that we possibly can. The only thing that we're, we're not doing is we're not uh, shooting people who come across the border uh, because of course the Biden administration would charge us with murder. You know, good Christian stuff. The only reason we're not shooting migrants coming across the border is because we'd get in trouble with Papa. Not that it's wrong to murder people who aren't hurting. Not, no, nothing about that. It doesn't bother him as a Christian. It doesn't bother him as a man. It doesn't bother him as a human or as an American. The only thing that is stopping him and his border forces from gunning down migrants is we might get sued for it. And look, we keep covering this, but it is so many right wingers now that are just frothing at the mouth to take the guns out and start shooting people at the border. Ron DeSantis goes way further than Abbott there. I mean, he's he's directly advocating for it. He doesn't care if it would theoretically get, get them in trouble. He just wants people to be gunned down. And Greg Abbott This isn't like a prospective job he wants to have, he is the governor of Texas. And he feels totally comfortable saying that if there was not the threat of Biden, they'd be shooting people. Which by the way, in an election year is a reminder that according to Greg Abbott, were Donald Trump in charge, they would just be gunning people down at the border. They would be building a border wall of corpses at the border of migrants, just piling them high, Men, women and children that dared to cross our sacred border would be shot on sight, if he was freed up to do that, and he might well be, right? What do you think?
1: Right, and somewhere in the discussion of let's shoot unarmed people, you should realize that you're saying the word people. And Mm -hmm. there should be something in your mind like that That sets off an alarm that says, like, oh, I'm the baddie here. Mm -hmm. Like they these people aren't coming here to do, like, this family isn't coming here to to do something horrible to me specifically. I understand though, like, if you're living in a place and people are just like running through it, like you're gonna get you're not gonna be happy with that. You're but like the answer is not to shoot unarmed people. And celebrate it. And with people like DeSantis and Trump, you see this theme. And, and wanna be dictators, or at least people in the search of power throughout history. They always do stuff like this. Like this, the more afraid they are they're gonna lose power, the more likely they are to say stuff like this. With DeSantis, like he is losing his presidential election campaign, and he is leaning into stuff like this. Why? Because he he thinks it'll help him get power more. Because you know, people need to wildly embrace something that they wouldn't if they were just in a normal situation embrace, which in this case is like senseless
0: violence and shooting people. People that don't have guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that your your read on the, the politics of it 100% accurate. Um, we should remind everyone if they have not been following what's been going on in Texas, or our coverage of what's been going on in Texas. Uh, he has previously talked about how he has built more border wall, as well as the floating border barriers, which doesn't sound that bad when you just say it that way. But remember, they're buoys that have razor sharp edges. The idea is that you will get caught on these buoys in the middle of a river. You will either bleed out or you will drown as a result of the injuries that you will suffer. Multiple people already did die thanks to those. And again, that's just add that to the list of things that doesn't bother him at all as a Christian. Uh, he's also got a new law making deportation a state level action, basically allowing law enforcement to function as federal immigration or you know border patrol uh, forces. He also seized the Eagle Pass border park without warning to combat the migrant crisis, according to a mayor in the area. Um, again, all like their their past concerns back in the '90s about eminent domain and all that, just immediately fly out the border as soon as they're scared of a caravan. Um, But anyway, I wanted to also let you know what Trump is saying about this area because they could soon be allies on this if Trump gets back into office. Says, so let me get this straight, we're dropping bombs all over the Middle East again, where I defeated ISIS. And our Secretary of Defense who just went missing for five days is running the war from his laptop in a hospital room. Remember, this is the same gang that surrendered, he put it in quotation marks, so I guess he doesn't think they surrendered, which is nice, in Afghanistan where no one was held accountable or fired. It was the most embarrassing moment, wise moment in quotation marks in the United States. Now we have wars in Ukraine, Israel and Yemen, but no war on our southern border. Oh, That makes a lot of sense. Crooked Joe Biden is the worst president in Israel, the United States. Okay, so again, we have had the strikes in Yemen, which we'll be talking more about on the main show. We are contributing money and equipment to Ukraine. Uh, Israel also contributing money and equipment. Uh, We're not fighting in those areas, at least as of right now. I will remind you, we were dropping bombs all over the Middle East under Donald Trump. He massively increased the bombing campaigns in multiple countries. The thing about all of this that frustrates him, Brett, is that we are not bombing the southern border. And we remember that everyone when the right pitches themselves as anti-interventionist or whatever. Marjorie Green will say that she is against foreign wars and then say we should invade northern Mexico. Trump wants to bomb the southern border. Blow up like a family, a woman and her 8-year-old kid fleeing from Guatemala should be blown up with 2000-pound bombs and the fact that that isn't happening is unacceptable to all of these devoted Christians. My yeah. comment goes to you, Brett. It's just like when you see, it's like you open up Trump's
1: head and you look in at this tweet and you're like, oh my God, I'm reminded of the John Lovitz line as Dukakis talking about Bush. But in this case, it would be Biden talking about Trump. It's like, how am I losing to this guy? Like he's such a moron. His and he's not our and it last thing is this really encapsulates Donald Trump doctrine, which is just say a bunch of words that get people feeling moderately patriotic and don't imply that you would ever do anything. Trump like he, he heightened tensions all over the world. He just wasn't at the comms when it exploded.
0: And he wants and also, credit for it sort of similarly you know he keeps saying like how we pull out can we surrender in Afghanistan he was already planning the exact same thing like he had already planned it before he left the presidency he wanted to pull out too uh he didn't he could have if he was so against war as he implies that he that he was he was president for four years he didn't pull us out. Anyway, the whole thing is absolutely absolutely nonsensical. The issue is that while all of this is absurd and we can sort of mock them for being morons and being complete hypocrites on their supposed religious values. People are dying at the border in Texas and in other states. And with these new policies, if border governors like Greg Abbott feel freed up to do what they really want to do, it could get a whole lot worse.
1: Number one, if the president asked you to be his vice president, would you accept?
0: Of course I would. I would serve President Trump in any capacity, but I want to make it clear that is his decision and his decision on What about
1: a cabinet position? What cabinet position? wasn't VP. He came to you and says, look, I need you in my cabinet. I need your fighter. I need you near me. What cabinet position would you take?
0: The only cabinet position that I would truly be interested in working in is Homeland. I believe- You would be Homeland Security Secretary? I I would definitely- Look, that might strike a lot of people as a scary prospect or even an insane direction to go in. But I want you to all remember that in addition to serving technically as a congresswoman who at least for some of those years of being a member of Congress has been allowed in committee hearings. She also has a background as a crazy Facebook mom and she worked at a gym. So why shouldn't she be in charge of Homeland Security? Why shouldn't the safety and welfare of communities across America be up to the woman who does weird pull ups? Why wouldn't that be the way that we went? And look, obviously it's crazy. But bear in mind, Trump is already, we know, prizes loyalty above everything else. Sense, experience, sanity. And he's going to prioritize it even more this next time around because he does not want what happened last time, which is sometimes people not obeying his rules or his orders. So is it impossible to conceive of the idea that he would choose her to head up the Department of Homeland Security? And can you imagine how many people at the border would die as a result of that appointment? We're gonna move on to the other options that she laid out. But Brett, what do you make of her potentially as the head of Homeland Security? It is exactly I forget the what the effect is. Like the dumber you are, the smarter you think you are.
1: She thinks she can handle being Department of Homeland Security is like Dunning Kruger. Dunning Kruger, yeah. So uh you know she can't. She's not good enough. She doesn't know how to do anything when you ask her questions about what's happening in the world she has no freaking clue she just says Isis the border let's kill people um her as vice president like the the vice president does nothing portion of it I am all about that but the <laughs> heartbeat away from President of the United States especially when that heart of Donald Trump is caked with just big Macs and diet Coke you know aspartame
0: residue I'm not in favor of that whatsoever. That'll get you, that stuff will get you. Yeah, 100%, Um, she she believe, she really truly believes that she is better than she is. So she thinks that she's mediocre and she's not, she's worse. Um, I know people have like joked about like, hey, if Jake becomes president, he should give you a position. And my thought, and usually what I say is, no, he shouldn't. He should put someone who knows what they're talking about, who's qualified for the position, not me. I'm a guy who talks about politics. You know what she is? A woman who talks about politics. That's it and doesn't do as good of a job at it. I mean, literally, I don't just mean that that's the only thing she really functionally does because she doesn't actually do any constituent services. We know that her offices literally aren't even open and she doesn't work on legislation, that sort of thing. She literally hosts a podcast. Her greatest aspiration is to do what Brett and I are doing right now. She takes time off of being a member of Congress in the majority to try to do the damage report. And she thinks she should be in charge of Homeland security. And if I'm getting worked up it's only because I think there's at least a 5% chance that she's watching this right now. Hello, congresswoman. But anyway, she also mentioned a VP there. And there was a weird misplaced sort of like humility thing where she said, and I just want to say that it's his choice, no one else's. Who else's would it be? But yeah, no, he's the person who chooses his running mate. That's not even how humility works. Um, now, what do the people think? Well, there was a Newsweek poll of who the vice president should be to Donald Trump. And it's not looking like the people want it to be her. Ramaswamy gets 30%. The runner up at 16% is don't know. The third is Mike Pence, which I love. I don't know if that's like the percentage of the audience that is still a fan of Mike Pence or if that's the percentage of Trump's audience that wants him to have a second go at killing Mike Pence. I'm not sure. But um, but yeah, you got to go past DeSantis and Lake and Haley and RFK Jr. Ivanka doesn't matter to me beats Marjorie Taylor Greene. I really thought she would be more popular. Brett, what do you think?
1: The, that is a list of people who whose name do you know and who don't you absolutely hate? So people know <laughs> Vivek but don't know him well enough to hate him at a certain sure. point. Um But Trump has already, according to him and what he said on a Fox News town hall yesterday or two days ago, he has already decided who his vice president is going to be. And he has already started to kind of tease that he's not going to tell you until the perfect time. So uh, if something giant happens between now and when he reveals it, maybe that'll affect it. But odds are he's already chosen
0: and he knows who it's going to be. Yeah, but I know that that was like news, but like I've already chosen and I won't tell you until I'm ready is how it always works, isn't it? Like. He could be lying. First of all, yeah. Remember when you know his infrastructure plan is going to roll out in two weeks? Like he could just be lying. But anyway, it's just such a weird way to go about it. But it it could be her. Why not? I mean, none of the names on this list, I think, would be good. So just consider that one added reason to hope that he doesn't become president. I would just tell people like, do do you? Yeah. No, no, no. Final point. Final point. You do before someone before you said the words
1: Mike Pence. Had anyone thought that his vice president was going to be Mike Pence for his first term? No. That's
0: a good point. Yeah. Anyway, I apologize. I'm not frustrated, with you. I'm frustrated myself. Uh, time-wise, I did want to let everyone know we don't have time to do the full story on it. But Brittany Watts, uh, the Ohio woman who had been facing charges for mishandling the result of her miscarriage, it was one of the most shocking and insane examples of the injustice that is being uh like being reaped on people as a result of Roe v. Wade being overturned, is not going to be facing charges, which is that's the great news. The great news. She won't be facing charges and she and her legal representation say that she's not done with this. She's going to be um, continuing to press this issue. But I will say the bad news is that I and others will be left wondering, if it hadn't become a national story, would she be facing charges? For experiencing a miscarriage, which no one should experience that let alone face legal ramifications for that horrible experience. So anyway, a bit of justice here, but the legal situation remains just as, as terrible.